right, welcome back. I am your host, Pastor Vern, and I'm glad to have you back here on Unapologetic Faith. Sorry for the delay in a recent episode, but things have been a little bit busy lately. I know that's probably not really a good excuse, but here we are. This week's episode, I want to talk about encouraging believers to watch out. You're probably thinking, what do you mean watch out? Well, what I'm referring to is watch out for people, pastors, politicians, things like that, uh, who profess to be believers, who profess Christ, yet speak in a way or teach in a way that goes against what Scripture says. What is found in the Word of God to be true, to be accurate, to be right, to be His Word, and they speak contrary to that. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa why, why are we talking about this? Well, because first of all, when we look through Scripture, it's all over. We're told numerous times in Scriptures to watch out for false prophets, false teachers, things like that. In Matthew chapter 7, we can see right in verse 15, it says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. And this is our grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles. So that's just one passage of scripture right there. Matthew 7, 15. Beware of false prophets, for they come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. I want to share a couple of clips here with you. This one here is, this one's probably about a year, maybe a year and a half old, give or take. But this is a prayer offered, and I want you to listen. The prayer will be offered by Reverend Emmanuel Cleaver, St. James United Methodist Church, Kansas City, Missouri. Eternal God, noiselessly, we bow before your throne of grace as we leave behind the politically and socially clamorous year of 2020. We gather now in this consequential chamber to inaugurate another chapter in our roller coaster representative government. The members of this August body acknowledge your sacred supremacy and, therefore, confess that without your favor and forbearance, we enter this new year relying dangerously on our own fallible nature. God, at a moment when many believe that the bright light of democracy is beginning to dim, empower us with an extra dose of commitment to its principles. May we of the 117th Congress refuel the lamp of liberty so brimful that generations unborn will witness its undying flame. And may we model community healing, control our tribal tendencies, and quicken our spirit that we may feel thy priestly presence even in moments of heightened disagreement. May we so feel your presence that our service here may not be soiled by any utterances or acts unworthy of this high office. Insert in our spirit a light so bright that we can see ourselves in our politics as we really are, soiled by selfishness, perverted by prejudice, and inveigled by ideology. Now may the God who created the world and everything in it bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face to shine upon us and be gracious unto us. 
May the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon us and give us peace. Peace in our families, peace across this land. And dare I ask, O oh Lord, peace even in this chamber, now and evermore. We ask it in the name of the monotheistic God, Brahma, and God known by many names, by many different faiths. A man and a woman. What? Oh, that was really painful to listen to. So you're going to declare God's name. You're going to profess God's name. Then at the end, you're going to just blanket it and say, known by many different people, many different religions, many different faiths. And then you're going to close it out with a man and a woman. First of all, that's not even what amen means. Okay. This is what we're talking about right here. Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. Beware of false prophets who come in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. That's just one instance. That's just one person. 10th Congress of the United States, the House will come to order. The prayer will be offered by Reverend Emmanuel Cleaver. St. James United Methodist Church. Offered by Reverend Emmanuel Cleaver. The prayer, the prayer that was offered and closed out a man and a woman. Oh, what are we doing? I just had to throw that in there because that made me think of that one. It took place there a couple of years ago, a year or two ago. But something that specifically just came up recently, and if you are an authentic believer, if you're somebody who follows scripture, believes in the word of God, and you look at culture and you say, what are we doing? What, what is going on right now with just the way in which we're going? Not only as a nation, but just as a world. So I don't know if you've been following the elections here recently, and that was yeah, a fiasco, but just to throw this in there, our hope is not found in a political candidate. Okay. Our hope is in Christ Jesus. That's it. So, regardless if you're Republican, if you're Democrat, if you're in the middle, if you're independent, our hope is in Christ. Now, I don't know if you've been following the whole Georgia thing between Warnick and Walker, but this has come up. Recently here, I saw this the other day, I listened to this, and I was a little bit, I was a little bit dumbfounded here, because he is a pastor, a reverend of a church, and this is, listen to what he says, with an interview with, on MSNBC, listen. I get a lot of pushback from people who seem to think that they own the interpretation of the gospel, but. Okay, I'm going to stop right there. First of all. No one owns the interpretation of the gospel. The interpretation of the gospel belongs to God. And what the word of God says is what the word of God says. Okay. I've been studying the scriptures my whole life. I'm, I'm committed to the faith. And as a pastor, I have a profound reverence for life. And as a pastor and a person of faith, I have a deep respect for choice. And I still think, as I've said time and time again, that a patient's room is too small and cramped a space. For a woman, her doctor in the United States government. But if we care about life, you know, black women are dying three to four times the rate of, of white women 
in childbirth as a result of childbirth. And so if you care about life, we ought to find. I'm going to stop right there. I would like him to cite that and figure out where he's getting that statistic. The way that's a place where government could show up yeah. and address the obvious bias in our healthcare system. It, it's what Jesus would do. It, I think it's exactly what Jesus uh, would do. Senator and Reverend uh, Robert. It's what Jesus would do. And then he agrees and says, yes, I think that's exactly what Jesus would do. We can't make this stuff up. That's what Jesus would do. Reverend, pastor, been studying the scriptures his whole life. He's committed to the faith, yet supports abortion. Because that's what Jesus would do. Because that's what Jesus would do. Matthew 24, verse 11. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. 1 John 4, verses 1 through 3. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and is now in the world already. So when we think about that, I want you to listen to this again. Listen to this conversation. You know, I get a lot of pushback. I wonder why you get a lot of pushback. From people who seem to think that they own the interpretation of the gospel. But I've, I've been studying the scriptures my whole life. I'm, I'm committed to the faith. And hmm. as a pastor, I have I'm a sure profound scripture. reverence for life. And as a pastor and a person of faith, I have a deep respect for choice. And I still think, as I've said time and time again, that a patient's room is too small and cramped for space for a woman, her doctor, and the United States government. But if we care about life, you know, Black women are dying three to four times the rate of, of white women in childbirth as a result of childbirth. And so if you care about life, we ought to find a way. That's a place where government could show up yeah. and address the obvious bias in our healthcare system. It, it's what Jesus would do. It, I think it's exactly what Jesus uh, would do. Senator and Reverend uh, Raphael Warnock, I got to come to your church and check out your service one day. Come Can on I come by? down? Absolutely. All right. Thank you. It's what Jesus would do. Yeah. Jesus would totally kill babies. That's exactly what Jesus would do. Here's the thing. We have to be extremely careful who we follow, who we listen to, who we put our our trust in. And if they are not biblically grounded in the word and it is not evident in their life, then that is someone that you do not need to listen to. That's somebody that you do not need to follow after or to put on some type of mantle as a leader anybody to impact your life or to mirror your life after the only one that you should be mirroring your life after is Christ. First and foremost, I just want to throw this in there. I don't know either of these individuals personally. I don't know their heart. I can't speak on their heart and I'm not going to speak on their heart, but we can speak to what has been said. And when you close a prayer, amen. And a woman, there's a clear disconnect there. 
there is a fault somewhere in your relationship with Christ. There is somewhere, somehow, there is a disconnect. And if you are going to stand on the platform of abortion and talk about being for the faith, but also being for choice and then agreeing with the fact, well, this is what Jesus would do. There is a disconnect. There is a clear disconnect. We need to read scripture. We need to allow scripture to impact our lives. And we do not need to interpret scripture for our own benefit to continue in the ways we used to be. That makes sense. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4 says, If then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, you also will appear with him in glory. If then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things of earth. Everything that we do, everything that we say, the way in which we should live our life should be clearly directed from Scripture. We should be actively reading the Word of God each and every day, allowing it to impact our life, allowing us to continue to grow and mature into Christ-likeness, displaying Christ-likeness to those around us. Closing our prayer in amen and a woman is not demonstrating Christ-likeness. That is demonstrating this idea of conformity to what culture is pushing to say that abortion and to stand on a platform of abortion for pro-choice and then say, because that's what Jesus would do, That is not allowing the scripture to impact. That is allowing the world to impact you and drive yourself, how you represent yourself to those around you. I say all this because we need to be very, very, very diligent in who we listen to, what we watch, and the spiritual leaders that we put our confidence in. Because I can assure you that either of these guys, I will not listen to. No chance. If you're going to close a prayer with a man and a woman, you're more concerned with an agenda than you are with the word of God. If you're going to stand on a platform of pro-choice for abortion and you're going to say that's because that's what Jesus would do, you're more concerned with an agenda gathering votes than you are with the word of God and displaying Christ in your life. When we start thinking about our lives, Think about right now, are you living your life for Christ or are you living your life for an agenda? Are you seeking to follow him or are you seeking to follow the world? Because right now, there's a battle. Whether you want to agree to it or not, there is a battle. There's a battle right now between authentic believers and this American ideology of what being a believer or a Christian is. You just don't label yourself as a Christian, yet have no personal relationship with Christ. If you have not acknowledged his death, shed blood, and resurrected life, if you have not confessed with your mouth that he is Lord, and asked him to forgive you of your sin, and acknowledge the fact there's nothing else you can do outside 
of acknowledging Christ as Lord and Savior, what he did on the cross as payment for your sin debt, and then allowing your life to be changed, and then living for him, then you're lost. My hope and my prayer is that you do not allow yourself to be led astray. You do not allow yourself to be another person that just follows blindlessly after an agenda. I would appreciate you guys listening. Uh, it's a little bit shorter episode. A little quick get on here and just talk about some things. But I want to encourage you. Encourage you to continue to stand for the word of God. Continue to stand for your belief in Christ. Continue to be that example. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for uh, the time we're able to come together. Lord, I ask that you uh, protect our hearts and our minds from those that seek to just lead others astray. Father, I ask that your word be proclaimed. I ask that truth be proclaimed. And I ask that those believers that authentically believe in Christ's death, shed blood, and resurrected life would live their life in such a way that that's on display 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and all can see that. But I pray that there's a lot of people out there that are following agenda. I ask that you would just speak into their hearts and you would just open up their minds and their hearts to you and what you have for them. Thank you for all your many blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, I want to thank you for tuning in to Unapologetic Faith. We will see you here next time. Remember, live for Christ in a world that tells you not to. 